Hey guys, welcome back to A Breath of Rest Faith. I'm so excited and pumped to catch up with you guys. Today I have a special guest on. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, uh, my name is Tegan Lennox. I am a resident director here at Lee University and excited to be here. I'm glad you're here. Okay, so tell me a little about how you got into Res Life. So okay. me and you both are resident directors at Lee mm-hmm. and that's how me and you met. So mm-hmm. like, tell me how you got into that. Okay, so I could talk about this for a long time, um, but... I'll give you a brief kind of overview. Essentially, I felt like the Lord was calling me to Lee um, way back uh, when I was first was entering into college and did not understand why because it didn't make any sense to me. I can go into that for a whole long time um, about all the things that didn't make sense in me ending up at Lee. Um, long story short, the Lord called me here and uh, quite literally on day one of being here uh, was kind of opening up doors for me to lead into um residential life and housing by both my um, RA, which is a resident assistant, and then an RC, which is the residential chaplain. They both came up to me on day one and were talking to me, and I ended up having a like four or five hour conversation with both of them. It was just me and them. Um, and after that, they literally were like, you should apply for this position called a floor leader. Uh, and I, they basically sent me the application on day one. Um, I applied I you know a few months later, um, or I guess a month later or so, Ended up getting hired for that as a floor leader, uh, served as a floor leader um, for all of my freshman year, and then ended up applying uh, to be in Res Life. Uh, got hired as a chaplain my sophomore year and served as a chaplain. Then the next year uh, was the senior resident assistant um, for two years after that. So my entire college career was somewhat defined based on day one of being at Lee. And I could not have been more thankful for that uh, because I think it helps shape me and help form, honestly, just my understanding of people and how to to love and care for people well um, through leadership, uh, but also through specifically through servant leadership and how to how to serve the other. Um, all that to say, that all led to I worked for a couple different nonprofits after I graduated. And then came back to serve as a resident director. Um, so this is my second year as a resident director now, back at Lee. Um, and I get to now essentially be uh, serving the position that I, the positions that I've been served in the past. Uh, so as the resident director, um, back at my same dorm that I was in my freshman year as well. So, Which is crazy. Yeah, full circle moment. Uh, but I'm back serving, getting a master's degree. You're about to graduate. Graduate in May. It's Crazy. exciting. Stay it, tuned, everyone. <laughs> exciting. Uh, we'll see if I make it to May. <laughs> Got to pass my classes first. So, no, we're doing well. So. Okay, so what if, like, what's, like, the biggest takeaway, which is, like, a very loaded question to ask you, being a res life, but, like, what, or one takeaway, or few takeaways, like, what have you gotten out of res life? Like, mm. and it can be, like, spiritually, personally. Yeah, I have a lot. I'm trying to pinpoint a few. Uh, I think the first biggest, first big lesson that I learned uh, back when I was a chaplain my sophomore year was how to listen because I'm a person who can talk a lot <laughs> and a person who just enjoys conversation. But back then, I don't think I realized that conversation for me was essentially just a space for me to talk rather than a dialogue between me and somebody else and allowing space for others to have a voice. Uh, that's, I think, the biggest lesson I learned early on in my res life career um, with learning how to create space for other people to speak and to be okay with silence. Uh, 
let's say I pose a question and it's not answered immediately, back then I would immediately jump to rephrasing the question or even sometimes answering it myself if an answer didn't come in the first three seconds. It's uh, really And had to, had to learn how to just sit in silence and maybe some slight uncomfortability, um, but realizing it's not uncomfortable, I was just the one that was uncomfortable uh, because I was not okay with any kind of void of a conversation or void of rather a my voice rather. Um, so that's probably the first big takeaway that I got. Uh, another is kind of what I mentioned earlier, but just how to how to care for others well um, and understand the value that everyone brings um, into any conversation and into any relationship uh, that they have um, as friends, as, uh, as peers, even in your family, um, just understanding that everyone has a value. And I don't think I saw that lived out very well. Um, I saw it in my family lived out, my community well, uh, but for myself, I don't think I was living that out well. Um, and still working on it, but uh, trying to learn how to how to show others their value through my interactions with them. Um, yeah, and more than anything, I think just putting the word first in everything um, and having a community of people that's so important to steer you back to the Lord, especially in seasons where it's very easy to, to run away um, in seasons that are not at all what you had planned um, and very confusing times to where sometimes you're angry at God and I think that's okay. Um, yeah. I think you know your feelings are justified because that is how you feel. Uh, at the same time there's you need to seek truth in that. Um, in your feelings and, and say, okay, what is the root of that? And, and seek the Lord in that. Because um, the Lord has never left at any point. He's been with you through all those seasons. He's been with me even in how I got to Lee. Um, didn't make sense at all from my own understanding, but the Lord had a plan. And I gratefully walked through those doors to get to where I'm at. Um, and it makes sense now. And so I think that's that's you know, the Lord opening my eyes to a greater vision that he's had for my life. Um, and part of that was Red's life. So, yeah. Dang. That was powerful. Thank you. Thank you. You're like, you're like, you're like Hannah, stop. <laughs> Me and Tegan are both the people that are calling out things in others, and it's so hard for us to recognize in ourselves sometimes. Yeah. And so it's honestly eerily similar sometimes, like looking in the mirror, or like even like me and Tegan's style of like, we're always running around and being busy and whatnot. And I think me and him both, it's easy to, we are talking before we started recording about like being alone and like valuing, spending time with yourself and getting to know yourself before you can ever like get to know others fully. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can both relate to each other in that way of like keeping each other accountable of like, hey, it's okay to process your emotions or like mm -hmm. ask yourself how you're doing yeah, instead of asking sure. everyone else how they're doing. Yeah, or uh, honestly, I learned this through Res Life as well of people calling me out when I would say I'm good mm -hmm. uh, in seasons where I just definitely was not good. And they'd be like, are you actually? And I had never had that question posed to me before. It was always just kind of like, okay, yeah. Like, and you move on with your conversation or just it's a courtesy, how are you doing? Rather than like, no, I actually want to know how you're doing. Um, and so learning how to be truthful with myself and process my own emotions of how am I actually doing and Instead of saying good, I'll say, like, all right, or okay. And that's an immediate flag to other people that know me mm -hmm. because... This is not who you are. 
This is not exactly. how you I'm, I'm usually a very positive person, and so if it's anything but positive, um, that's me being truthful without having to go into detail. And then I, they immediately are like, you know, how can I help you or support you however I can? Um, and a lot of those people are from within Res Life as well. Um, so very, very thankful for this community. I uh, uh, thank you for the accountability too, because we, I like in Res Life, a lot of us are very similar, but yet very different. And I like that we all challenge each other to like, you know, one, challenge why we believe what we believe, but also be open to like being, like to growing, learning more about others around us. Um, also, me and you are super passionate about just like ministry and like, different things like that. And me and Tegan, literally, one of our first conversations with each other was talking about like different like podcasters and things like that at like, is that our dear tree? Yeah. That's what I've heard too. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and just talking about things that like he's on fire for the Lord about that I'm very similar, I have a very similar heartbeat for. So, like, why don't you talk about a little bit, like, what you want to do in the future, like, what got you into it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> uh, okay, back in high school, this is another very long conversation that uh, if you or anyone that is listening wants to hear sometime, let me know. <laughs> I'm happy to share. Uh, there was a time in high school where I think I truly understood what it meant to be a Christian. Um, and not just check the boxes, um, but to, to live life like um, the way the Lord has called us. Uh, and it's by no means easy, nor is it uh, done probably super well on my end, <laughs> um, or at least consistently on my end. So still growing and learning in that. But uh, understanding this is more than just um, knowing what to say and what to do, but actually just the why behind what you do and how to live. Um, so in high school, that kind of heart transformation changed a lot in myself, as well as um, several others in my community. And essentially, we just didn't want to, uh, we felt called like we needed to share that, that heart with other people. So um, very, very long story short, and I'll go into it another time, uh, but this kind of movement of high schoolers, um, on fire for the Lord happened in my community um, and in my county uh, where thousands of high school students were um, just crying out to the Lord in that season. And it was also a really hard season for that entire area. We had a lot of loss with um, even personal life, but as well as uh, pretty much every high school had somebody that they had lost within that year um, that was involved in this. And it was definitely like a spiritual warfare in a sense, um, but also really beautiful to see the community um, just kind of gather together and seek the Lord in those seasons, which is 100% of foreshadowing for my story a few years down the road. Um, but at the time, that was that kind of stirred in me this heart for um, kind of the younger generation and seeing the power that the Lord can do through essentially that those young adults um, so that led to essentially this uh, large gathering um, where we almost a conference type thing um, that we had um, it's actually continuing today shameless plug for Wilco United shout out um, and anyway so that was um, several of my friends and I um, that had the heart to rather the Lord having the heart <laughs> to do this in our area. Um, so 
that's sort of a passion to me for um, almost that next-gen uh, focus, but specifically through some kind of ministry and outreach. Um, fast forward through college, uh, I graduate, I end up working for another organization called Think Media, um, and they honestly do a lot of that, of uh, really helping young leaders. Uh, they have a kind of a branch that's focused on next-gen, um, and they have this just heart for pouring into leaders because uh, you can't pour out of an empty cup. And so yeah. learning how to um, develop and grow as a leader and specifically as a Christian leader uh, in whatever sector that you're a part of. So whether that's um, in the church, whether that's in business, whether that's in social media, um, you name it, you know, there's, there's a government, whatever it is. Um, knowing that there is an influence that every person has instilled in them and whether that's, a million people or if it's even one person uh, but you have some kind of impact on another person um, and so it's learning how to, to utilize the gifts that God's given you to glorify the Lord um, it's true and that is kind of like a, a birthplace for a lot of what I'm hoping to do now um, but specifically focused on servant leadership and how can we give back to those communities and to the areas that have poured into us um, that uh, ministry happens all around you and missions work doesn't have to look like going overseas but it can also happen in your backyard mm -hmm. um and there's a lot of ministries that already do that um but also like where's the where are the opportunities where we can all work together as um just the body of christ to serve our communities instead of um you know we all have our own giftings and our own visions working separately is there a way to bring us all together and serve uh with dozens of organizations working together um, through whatever that looks like. So conferences, um, service outreach projects, whatever that looks like. So we'll see what happens. I don't know uh, exactly where the Lord has, uh, exactly what the Lord has for me laid out, um, but that's kind of the heart. Uh, yeah, just, um, you know, empowering, encouraging, and uh, equipping the next generation for, for the Lord. So. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, honestly, you know that as long as you're, like, stepping forward with the Lord, you're not going to end up in the wrong place. And so, like, wherever you need to be, you know, that's where you'll be, you know? Amen. And that He's the one that gave you those, like, desires and, like, you know, dreams and whatnot. So, I'm excited to see what the Lord has in store for you. I told him, I was like, hey, you're, like, the businessy side of things. That's not <laughs> my wheelhouse. Don't get me wrong. There's some things in business that, like, I'm, I'm more, like humble about that I get into but like I'm definitely more so, more of like the relational side of things and like speaking and like writing and those type of things and so I told I told you I was like watch out world because Tila is my opening door one day for me to be able to like work with him <laughs> that'd be so crazy and it's uh, I know he mentioned about like think media mm -hmm. and it was hilarious because he was talking about this conference and some of like it's no coincidence by the Lord that like we have similar like passions and people that like we are in similar spheres that like we're in and he was talking about this conference happening next month and I was like what the heck one of my favorite podcasters is going to be there mm -hmm. and so I had to go and so I'm excited to see like what God's going to do and like especially like like you said you can't pour out of an empty cup and mm -hmm. having like that heartbeat for next generation because somebody has to I mean and it's cool to see like there's not just one people there's like thousands of people that are excited to and pumped up to like see Lord, you know, do be on the move. 
Um, but okay, so we were talking about the me and you about like the conference and stuff, mm-hmm. and I was telling you about like the street evangelism stuff. Yeah. And I had never like I've obviously like seen ministries that do that. I've never like partaken in any of that, but I will next month. But can you talk a little about like your history with like that? Yeah, for sure. So uh, for more context, I grew up in a um, community, and I say community because. You know how you you have family members who like you call aunt and uncle mm-hmm. that aren't actually your family. Yeah. Uh, it's it's basically my extended family, um, and I would call them my family. But community makes the most sense to explain this. So my family, my community, um, we all just grew up very much like volunteering for everything, serving any way that we could, uh, helping with different food drives or. Um, you know, fundraisers, whatever it looked like to, to help serve my family. Well, I was voluntold to help by my parents when we were kids, <laughs> um, but more than willing to uh, to help serve at our churches with uh, setting up chairs or whatever it was. Um, I also grew up in a household with four boys, so <laughs> we were also voluntold to help with, like, people moving their house or they needed a couch moved or, like, whatever it is. You uh, started young, being like, being yeah, ready we were, to do that. My parents were instilling that in us from a young age, and honestly, I'm very grateful for it. Uh, just kind of that servant-hearted mindset, um, but that's not just me and my family. That's our entire community. Um, that was kind of the posture of the heart, and also how can we give back to communities around us and those that we are growing up with and alongside um, that are right next door. And so, anyway, that's kind of a, a brief background, but specifically street evangelism things. Um, my one of my good buddies, Daniel, he also was a part of that Wilkie United. Um, movement that had happened back in high school and he kind of continued this uh vision through um him uh his his church he's a part of which is his dad's church as well um so him and his family uh, kind of had this vision for how can we reach uh the local community specifically in downtown nashville uh, their church is not very far off of downtown and so back literally in that same time frame that all of that was happening in high school uh this ministry called fireplace had started up and Fireplace is essentially like a evangelism training that is focused on how can you essentially reach those that are, are, are right there, um, right there in your city. And there's almost like an evangelism tra- training, uh, which then leads to going out in the streets and just evangelizing to anyone and everyone um, that you feel like the Spirit is leading you to talk to. Um, and so that ministry has continued uh, after so many years now uh, to... Yeah, just incredible outreach for, for people um, and also worship in downtown uh, when Nashville's a very music-oriented mm-hmm. place. And it's really cool to see um, part of that music being for the Lord. Yeah, um, I think people can make beautiful music that does not have to be Christian music necessarily, but I think there's also so much uh, that is missed whenever, especially as Christians, when... Um, we are not filling ourselves up with worship for the Lord as well. Um, good. And that being the focus of, of why we sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so anyways, that's kind of part of that. Uh, but I have been able to be a part of that over the years. Um, and unfortunately, like going to school so far away from that, uh, I have not had as many opportunities to go and be a part of that in recent years. But uh, supporting however I can from afar um, and also understanding like there's things to to still pour out here and, and yeah. 
Cleveland, Tennessee, at least. Uh, yeah. So there's plenty of opportunities here, too, to, to give back um, and to serve our community. It doesn't just have to be uh, these big um, or even not very big organizations uh, or uh, groups that are <clears throat> doing street evangelism mm-hmm. or even just uh, service, giving back, doing food drives, doing um, backpack giveaways at the beginning for, for kids over the summers. Uh, I was a part of those every single year and they're so fun um they are just being able to serve and and give back to your community um, and however however you can um i think it's served me more than i've been able to serve and so that's more than i can ever ever say um, and be grateful for is just how much growing up in that atmosphere and that heart posture has shaped my life um i i can't give that back so no matter how many times i try to serve um but Anyway, I encourage you and whoever's <laughs> listening to just find different ways to give back to your community. Uh, I always have an Operation Christmas Child. Yeah. I know I'm not like in, with underclassmen, but you best believe I'll be there. Oh, absolutely. I love, That's great. I love that. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, be creative with different ways to, to give as well. Um, you know, finances have always been an interesting thing in mine and my family's life. Uh, but... Yep. Even now, like we do some fundraisers and things like that um, with my dorm and, and the guys in my building too to, to help fundraise for Operation Christmas Child. Or we did dorm wars a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, that's a big fundraiser. It's fun for everybody too, um, but it's also a big part of why we do that is to give back. Give back. Um, that's true. And to, to raise money for a good cause. So, um, yeah, but Operation Christmas Child is incredible. And we actually have uh, some family friends who have been recipients of those um, before they moved to the States, um, which is really cool to see like full full circle moments for them, even of going from receiving a box as a kid to then being able to, to give a box. Um, And little things like that might seem insignificant, but make such a big impact on, on lives across the world. Um, And even in the people that you live right next to. I've said that so many times, yeah, but it's true. You would never know um, the impact that something so little in your mind uh, can have on on somebody. I think our jobs also provide us a good opportunity to be like growing that way and like get, get outside the box because we are out of college and like even trying to get creative of like you know there's a lot of like incredible organizations and like you know organizations to partner with outside of just the ones that lead partners with mm-hmm. and like taking the initiative like as a leader to like, you know, be actively looking at like where, where's our blind spots, you know, mm-hmm. like where can we go off and like do more, um, which has been cool to see like Lord's does that even in like our job, you know, yeah. we're very fortunate to get to do ministry in our job and get paid for it. So. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a big heart why I even came back here was understanding one, my heart for this generation um, and two, understanding like I am. I get the opportunity to live life with these guys in my building um, and the people on campus and uh, using that as a form of ministry to give back and pour into them in a way that is um, helping them grow and learn as, as leaders. And uh, it's been very fruitful to see the impact that they've been able to have on um, the rest of campus and even in their communities and their families. Um, yeah. Okay, so I have a topic that I want to bring up that everyone talks about, or is, like, really asking to talk about. Okay. And me and you both being single and being in this, like, a Christian young adult, mm-hmm. that, like, I mean, you both are very independent and, like, super on fire for the Lord and, like, hungry for, like, what he's doing. 
but like how what has like God taught you like in your singleness because people have really hey they've heard me talk about it but I think it's nice for like men like all the men to like speak on the topic as well for sure I sometimes it can be hard um, to, to live in a season of singleness but I think it's also so rewarding and I think so um, needed for everybody uh, to to appreciate at least that season um, and it looks at a different timeline for everybody and it's you know the Lord's timing um, but I think understanding who you are as a person um, and who also who the Lord is shaping you to be is so important and vital to uh, how you can even live in a relationship mm-hmm. um, with another person for eternity in theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that has been a season where I'm still learning and I'm still growing and trying to understand, okay, who who is the Lord calling me to be? Who am I supposed to be? Um, who do I want to be? Um, all of those, all those questions I think I keep running through my head and putting things in place in my own life to get to that place. Um, and I know, excuse me. Um, I think there's, there can be a, uh, this kind of trap of perfection that if that's the goal, it will never be achieved. And I think it's learning how to love somebody through their imperfections, um, is also a big piece of being in a relationship. Sure. But I think that season of singleness is a time where you are refining your own heart and you're refining who, um, who the Lord is calling you to be in that, uh, as, as an individual before you can be in a relationship with another. Um, so I think from my perspective, that season of singleness is so valued for me, um, just to be able to, sometimes it's easy to see, uh, well, it goes both ways. Uh, I think sometimes it can be hard to see um, maybe some own uh, your own flaws and your own mistakes that um, more of the heart of like how how you can change um, in, in a way that is healthy for yourself and healthy for the other and also more importantly focused on the Lord. Yeah, um, I think it's a big reason why. I am in a season of singleness of like, I am still trying to figure that out for myself um, and seeing, uh, or rather trying to find maybe that vision um, or that direction of uh, where the Lord's calling me um, and don't feel like I'm quite at the place of my own heart where it's, I can't really handle myself, let alone another person. So <laughs> that's true. That's really <laughs> that might be the easiest way to put it. <laughs> that's uh, true. So I, yeah, being able to take care of myself, uh, or rather allowing the Lord to take care of me, um, rather than doing it on my own volition, uh, is I think a place that I, I would strive to be at before, um, stepping into any kind of relationship. Um, and over time I've learned to be not just content with that, but actually, um, seeking that for myself, uh, and maybe intentionally setting boundaries for myself in that to, uh, to pursue the Lord first. Um, and also having grace of knowing, like, I'm never going to reach the point where that is perfect. I'm never going to reach the place where, um, I'm fully quote unquote ready. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's part of 
what the scariness of being in a relationship is, is uh, letting go of some of that and just saying, all right, I'm not perfect. This other person that I'm with is not perfect. And that's the way that Lord has designed us. We are, we are not, we have been born into um, a sinful world and we're striving for uh, the feet of Jesus. And so how can we, uh, I'll just explain it this way. We, I, I have learned over time and have was taught this um, from a really close family friend, uh, Chrissy McClellan, who um, I was in Israel and she was explaining how uh, the, the rabbis of the time um, would essentially take on these, I don't know the technical terms, but essentially like an apprenticeship um, where people would follow under them. And uh, the idea was to essentially walk as closely in line with the rabbi as, as you could um, and learn everything you could from the rabbi to uh, kind of be walking in the footsteps of them, mm-hmm. in a sense, and, and learning the way. And this picture of uh, Jesus being that for us, um, of a person who we are walking in the footsteps of, um, but also the, the picture of we're never quite going to reach Jesus. We're never going to quite reach the level that Jesus has, uh, or the standard rather that Jesus has set, um, because he is the only person who has lived perfectly. Um, and so it's the idea, and I also have a track and field background, so <laughs> running the race is like a, a common phrase that comes back to me over and over again, because um, I, I know what it takes to, to try to win a race, and I know what it takes uh, to, you know, be running behind somebody. Um, and feeling like you're you're failing, feeling like you're falling behind, if you will. Um, but it's kind of that idea of like you're running at the heels of Jesus, where it's um, you are uh, trying to pace off of you know the the Jesus walking the walk in front of you. And even in like our relationships and our singleness and whatever it is, it's that is the goal of like we are we are running right behind Jesus um, and ultimately like seeking Jesus individually and then together um in a relationship and it was actually described to me like if we have like there's the i'm jumping all over the place with analogies so no, it's or metaphors like, whatever like, it is it was actually explained to me that uh, or that this picture was explained to me of being in a relationship to where uh think of you two as individuals on the left and right and if you're both seeking the same point at the top, you form a triangle. Um, mm-hmm. And in nature and in engineering, triangles are actually the most structurally sound uh, shape, just based off of. Uh, didn't get very technical with it. Anyway, <laughs> triangles are 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 the strongest uh, form of foundation, if you will. Um, and that's the idea: is that if you're both seeking the Lord, and if He's the top and center points, you both, not only are you growing closer to Jesus, but if you look at the shape of a triangle, you're growing closer together over time. Um, so as you grow closer to Jesus, you're growing closer together in a relationship. And that is the most beautiful picture I think I've had in my mind of what a relationship should look like. Um, but ultimately you're both seeking Jesus yeah. yourself. Um, and so for me, that's hard to do sometimes. Um, I think it's okay to admit, and I think that's human. Uh, we'd all be lying if we said it was easy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's 
you know, it's sometimes is is really hard on a daily basis to to seek the Lord in all things, and maybe one of those standards that is really hard to achieve um, of to do that perfectly and to do that really well. Um, but understanding what grace looks like and understanding that that is something that I want people in my community to to push me towards um, and keep me accountable in um, and seeking the Lord first in all things and understanding that just like every opportunity I've had to get to where I'm at now, a door is going to open eventually mm-hmm. and prayerfully, Lord, <laughs> one, and then two, hopefully it'll be obvious uh, that I need to step through that door. Um to where I'm not left to question and I can just fully trust in the Lord um, and fully trust in the other um, to, to walk with me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was all over the place with that. So. No, that was like, it made sense to you. It made sense. Yeah. You're take no. it or leave it. <laughs> no. I mean, that's also, true. Also, take it with that's a grain true. of salt because I'm still learning myself. No, but I think that's why people listen to like these side podcasts is because it's good to know that you're, someone's listening that's going to be able to relate and to know they're not alone. And the reason why I asked you about it is because I was like, as even in my, I was talking about this in my class today in student development, um, was talking about like different norms, like cultural norms, like societal norms. And like, even in like the, you know, live in the South and everybody and their mom, especially in the culture of like ring by spring, like, you know, you Classic need to be Christian college. Yeah, culture. exactly. Yeah. But especially the like, CCC. <laughs> literally and that like I was talking about how they were wanting us to give practical examples and I was like well I've been asked by a third of my building if I'm dating someone or if I'm engaged and then if my answer is no which is it is no that like or that I'm single and I'm not engaged that like they're like automatically assuming that like okay well like what's wrong mm-hmm. and how the Lord's like stretched me in the season of being like helping break that norm or that unhealthy norm that it's okay to be single and to not, there's nothing wrong with being single. Like, yeah. There can be so much beauty in it. Absolutely. It's the one time that you do get to be solely, like, solo running, like, and can have, like, such a clear vision. And not that when you're in a relationship you don't, but, like, mm-hmm. it takes more discipline to, like, do that. And it is hard, especially, like, with our type of job, like, what does it look like for you when you do get to, like, dive in with the Lord? Like, mm-hmm. what does it look like for you in busy schedule? Again, it's hard. Uh, I sometimes have moments transparently where I just break down. <laughs> That's right. And because uh, the Lord just kind of smacks me in the face in a, the best way possible. Uh, and I say he hits me in the frying pan. So yeah, yeah, frying pan, <laughs> baseball bat, golf, whatever, whatever oh, object yeah. that is heavy and hits hard. That. Um, <laughs> Anyway, the yeah, I think sometimes that's that's how it happens. Where it's maybe I've neglected um, prioritizing the Lord because of the busyness um, or whatever it is. I, there's so much I need to get done, and so I'm so focused on that current moment that I forget what's the most important thing. Um, and that's just the story of my life in general, though. I forget a lot of things, um, but also I'm also really bad at remembering to that I have a list of things that need to be done and not just what's in front of me. Um, so I get in this cycle of whatever task I'm, I'm currently doing, that is the only thing that is happening for in my brain. Um, nothing else is there. And so uh, oftentimes that leads me to forget like, oh, I'm 
you know, I should have reached out to this person or, uh, my friend asked me this one thing and I never got back to them. Um, cause I was too busy and that leads to, I just forgot that that conversation ever happened for a while. And then I remember it ra- super randomly on a Tuesday and then I'm like, I am so sorry for not responding to this. <laughs> um, but like right now, I, what are we just talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is your relationship with the Lord right now? <laughs> exactly. See, uh, my brain goes all over the place and I do rabbit holes. Um, then you're going to get, you're in a good company because I'm also have a scrubber and they know this. And there we go. Uh, yeah, it'd be really interesting just to dissect my brain and figure out the logic or not even just logic of just where my brain goes. It's all over the place, but the Lord in relationship, uh, in, in my life in how I prioritize the Lord, uh, all the things sometimes it's really hard. Uh, I think more than anything, uh, what I've learned over time, uh, this is also part of another organization on campus too. It's called the Mago Day, but understanding uh what it means to uh okay a couple things one i think it's so important to prioritize just you you and the lord at times um and and finding that dedicated time each day to spend with just you and the lord which i fail to do sometimes um but i think that is so so vital uh where you spend time with the lord it's just you just you and the bible and some worship music whatever however you can seek the lord first and it's a private conversation between you and the lord that is so, so, so important. Two, though, I think there's also ways in the busyness to seek the Lord and to see the Lord. And I think the biggest way to do that is through other people. Um, and seeing that Imago Day, that image of God in other people. Um, and that's not just through, um, you know, missional merch with, uh, you know, or billboards, whatever it is, you know. Um, I think at a Christian... Christian school, um, there's references or visuals or whatever it is that points you back to the Lord in all things, uh, in, in a lot of ways. Um, more than anything, it's like in the, the person themselves and seeing, okay, how has this person been Jesus today? Um, or how, how have they displayed the, you know, the gifts of the Spirit um, with their joy or with um, their love, their care, whatever it is, their giftings uh, that the Lord has given them. And helping kind of open my eyes to um, the Lord's moving and actively moving in everybody around us. Um, and even in those people that maybe you don't have the best relationship with. And seeing, you know, this person has Jesus mm-hmm. as well. Um, they are a reflection of the Lord in one way or another. Um, and so help identifying that. And then I think currently my dorm has talked a lot about my staff about not just the image of God, but also the voice of God. Um, and how can we hear the voice of God through those, those around us? Um, and not taking a step before hearing kind of that call from the Lord. Um, and uh, I had mentioned this a while back about kind of that echolocation metaphor. Here I am again with another metaphor. But, uh, or analogy, what's the, I don't know. What's the difference? I don't know, to be honest. Meta, I don't know. Both of them. Um, <laughs> simile, that's another one there. Anyway, uh, with echolocation and calling out to the Lord. So it's like we can cry out to the Lord. In an echolocation, you, like for bats, they, they essentially call out, and then they hear their own voice back. And that guides their steps. And I think in a similar vein, but in a different way, we need to call out to the Lord and say, okay, where, 
where do I need to go? Um, but instead of hearing our own voice back, we need to wait on the Lord's response of, uh, here's where I'm calling you to go, and we step in that direction. Um, that can also be through other people, though, and through, um, yeah, just your community, your your uh, those that you're serving, um, those who are serving you, like it's, you can you can hear the Lord through them as well, um, and so seeking wisdom through those that um, I think I've learned more from people than I feel like I can ever give back to them, and so trying to hear what the Lord's teaching me through what they're saying as well um, is a big piece of how to seek the Lord in the busyness, um, how to take the little moments, even if it's, you know, on your way walking to across campus, right? Like you have one meeting, you're jumping to the next one, or you have class, you have, you know, a homework that you got to do, an exam, whatever it is. Finding those little moments of maybe it's only a five, ten minute walk, um, but looking up and seeing nature and seeing the trees and the birds chirping and whatever it is, um, maybe you need to listen to some music and you throw on some worship music and just have a moment with the Lord. Um, it's a very passive thing that you can be doing to uh, to still seek the Lord in the busyness um, and realize like there's you can still breathe even though you feel like you might be drowning. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, and so heck, we even did that like that one day we saw the rainbow outside after oh. the crazy busy day we had, yeah. and that we just stood there for five minutes in awe of the Lord. Mm-hmm. In that even though how no matter how tired or insane our day was, like it refilled our cup even like. Absolutely. Yeah, I, for me, nature is one of those just, I just have to stop um, and admire and just know that there's no artist on this planet that is a better artist than the Lord. Um, and finding beauty in, in nature is how I, I honestly feel the most connected with the Lord. Um, Tegan, me, te- me and Tegan both were so. at your hobby the same day. <laughs> I, like, you end up leaving when I, like, we have, like, a local, like, Mount Overlook. And if I'm not working, I'm typically out there. <laughs> and I asked Tegan, I was like, Tegan, when were you out there? And you had just gotten there when I had left. I was there for hours. And I was like, I just need to go and just soak up the Lord, like, out there. Because I think, like, you yeah, I appreciate, like, having people in my life that can get the beauty out of nature. Because so I have some people in my life that are like, what do you mean you just go out there and sit and, like, look at the mountains and, like, what do you mean? How could you not, like, want to go out there and just look at the Lord's beauty? For sure. Yeah. Or even just understand, like, I, what you're doing now is, like, a blessing. Um, and, and counting, counting your blessings, but uh, I did air quotes there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just being able to recognize, like, I am blessed to, be where I'm at now. Like, not everyone's had the opportunity to come to college, or not everyone's yeah. had the opportunity to, um, to even work, or to be walking, or to be um, sure. have a roof over my head or food on my table. Uh, so, understanding like the Lord has blessed me in that, and it can be overlooked sometimes of um, you know what the Lord has done for you when life is easy, <laughs> and then you cry out when life is hard. Um, or feel lost, uh, but learning how to cherish those moments, even in, uh, even when things might be going well, or even when they're going hard, especially when they're going hard too, um, just seeking the Lord. So, in the little things. Sure, y'all. Tegan is one of the most joyful people I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> no, seriously, like, literally, me and Tegan. This is our first time hanging out, like just me and Tegan, like recording this. But like, 
every interaction that like I've had with you, like you're always someone that like you can just tell your heart for the Lord and and is genuine and it's you don't you could not even be saying one thing but like just like your smile or like joy like it really does change people's lives and I'm very thankful for like you being in my life to be that example because you have had a crazy like life story I do too but it's good to the Lord to use even like your story without you even telling me fully your story that just by like your obedience of you know seeking the Lord's face enough to be joyful which comes from him that like that speaks volumes to those around you and like it's definitely like encouraged me and so I'm thankful for like your joy because it goes it means a lot and it goes far. But I'm glad you got to come on. Thanks for having me. Literally you're the first time res life the res life peeps so you should fall on here. Let's go. Okay, so typically taking off strong. I know and also this can't be your last time. Okay. Next time like you already told them that you would go deeper into like more stories. There's a lot of stories guys that have he doesn't Maybe have content that he, like, he won't <laughs> run out of content. That's not an issue for us. Okay, but now, okay, so now we need to talk about the story about the bats. Because now that you're here. Okay. <laughs> so he, that so you can vouch for yourself. Tegan, what you were, what, like, if you would have known that, like, the situation, uh-huh. you would have helped. Oh, for sure. And for those who are listening, y'all, we were at um, our departmental retreat, and, you know, the typical Hannah fashion, there's always something crazy that's going to happen that's unconventional. And... We are just getting ready to go to bed, and I just lay in bed, and I have literally, I had no covers on, which is the first red flag of the night, because I'm that person that needs to be, like, covered in, like, uh, pillows and covers and everything, and I, and Abby had, like, had all the covers and everything, because I, like, was taking too long to get in bed. My mistake. And so I lay down, and I, like, finally, like, get to sleep, and I feel a bat on my shoulder. Like, well, first of all, I hear... I hear, like, winds, okay, and I'm like, okay, maybe just, like, a fly or, you know, that like, that's what it is. And I open my eyes, and I see wings, and I was like, okay, and I remembered vividly. It's an angel of the Lord. Yeah, so yeah literally, <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was, I wish it was, Deacon. It definitely wasn't. <laughs> so I was like, Hannah, like, you're in a leadership role, even in this cabin, like, we can't wake everyone up, like, maybe we'll just ignore it. And I was like, it's, I was just trying to, like, convince myself I was like this can't be a bat like I've never actually seen a bat like if I remember Tutu and Abby talking about earlier today they're like oh yeah like we saw bats outside and I like you know you know them and it's like well they just have crazy stories in general so like I didn't think anything of it and I was well, like I mean, yeah you're also inside so I wouldn't I yeah would so you know, logically be like yeah there's gonna be a bat in <laughs> yeah my in my room. in my room and so um I freaked out because I felt one on my shoulder and then I felt one on my foot and I was like dear god and I started like praying, and I was like, "God, I was like, please give me the strength to not wake up everyone in this in this uh, this cabin right now." And I was like, "If I just please just get this bat off my feet, my shoulder." I was like, "This is traumatic," and I was like, "I'm violated. I don't have like covers to protect me or anything." Obviously, the Lord is protecting me, but He humbled me, and so I was praying, and I was like, uh, "My chaplain Yasmin was in was like in the cabin, and she has like." She sleeps with her Bible, like, on the nightstand, like, with anointing oil, like, on the Bible. And I literally was like, Lord, please wake up Yasmin right now. Like, she will pray this place down, like, with me. Please, like, wake her up. And, like, ten minutes later, she wakes up, and she's like, oh, my gosh, like, there's bats. Like, we need to pray right now. And she started, <laughs> and, like, started praying, and she's like, and if you know her, she has a shofar, y'all. <laughs> she was like. She's real charismatic. Oh, so charismatic. Love her. She's such a gift to this world and she was like if only I would have brought that to camp with me like this would have solved our problems and I was like 
<laughs> it was just so funny. So watch her out of the cabin seven times. To yeah, literally, because you know she would, and she like willingly. And so Abby, Abby Porter, she's a a deep sleeper because transparently I just don't know how like she wasn't fully awake up at this point. Like Jasmine screaming, everyone else starts waking up. I'm over here just like asking like I have like no lie. No one woke up. Like I didn't wake anyone up for 20 minutes, Deacon. 20 minutes dealing with this bat by myself. Oh that's growth. That's growth. Because before, I would have woken up everyone. I would have cared. But the Lord was stretching me. Yeah, literally. And I was like, golly. And so, all I say, Abby finally, like, is like, okay, like, what's going on? She literally looks at me and she's like, or she looked at me. She turned over and mumbled. She said, do we have to deal with this? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like she's like, she's like, we're in charge. And I was like, yeah, we kind of have to deal with this. And so I was like. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yes. And so, I, like, called Tegan, I called Jeremy, I called Chris, I called I every snoozing. single every single male that was in a five mile radius. I just did in that call, and um, I gave the boys such a hard time because we had Ranger Josh out to him. What a he man! Just, what, he was him really his dust bucket. His, yeah, dust bucket. He didn't really do much for us, but he tried his best, and it was about his intention of his heart. He wanted to help, and so the next morning we were the t- our cabin was the talk of the town because. You know, no one believed us. Thank God for uh, cameras and that I videoed it because nobody would have believed me. <laughs> nobody would have believed me. And Tegan was so kind, and he had expressed that he felt bad that he missed my call. Out of all the guys, they all were not as apologetic. So oh, I would. I don't know what I would have done, <laughs> but I would have showed up. I don't have literally yeah. no clue. I'd probably been screaming with them, but I'd be trying to swat it out of the air, <laughs> spike it into the ground. I don't even know. I know. It bites me. I turn into Batman. If that's how that works. Hey, whatever. <laughs> hey, that would be a story to tell. That would be. Just show up the next day in a cape. I appreciate your ministry <laughs> that you would have provided in that, in that moment, you. in Thank that you. situation. Yeah. It shows that you care. <laughs> Theoretically. So, I can't, Theoretically, promise, what, Theoretically, I can't right. promise what would happen once I showed up, but I'd show up. <laughs> <It was so. laughs> I might use you as a body shield. <laughs> oh my gosh, like Tegan, seriously. Like, if I could have done it myself. Someone, I could have done that. But... So, yeah, so I just had to, like, give you the floor to the gosh that you would have actually been, you know. I would have tried my best. You would have tried. Yes. And that's all I would have been there. I appreciate it. Of course. <laughs> but, y'all, typically, okay, so I usually have, like, whoever is on mm-hmm. pray us out. So, right. do you get a break for us? Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Lord, I thank you for this time. I uh, thank you for this time that we've been able to uh, just talk and to fellowship and to, uh, Lord, just to show that you are a breath of the fresh air. Uh, shameless plug to the podcast name. And God, I just thank you for um, just your your heart for people and your heart for um, the lost, Lord. Um, and just helping to give us those same hearts, uh, the same hearts to, uh, to seek those, um, to seek community, Lord, to seek uh, just your love um, for each other and uh, for just all those around us in our communities. Uh, God, I pray that you just continue to uh, just bless each and every one of us and just to be with us in uh, both of our valleys and our mountaintops, Lord. Um, thank you for this time that I've been able to share, and I pray that, uh, Lord, it just touches somebody um, as it's touched me and your impact in my life. Um, thank you for that. Thank you for Hannah. Peace and I pray. Amen. Amen. Bye, y'all. Have a good week. Bye.